The following podcast is not for children and contains discussions of adult themes. In addition, this particular episode discusses unplanned pregnancy and emotional abuse. Listener's discretion is advised. And remember, listeners, the dreamiest thing you can do is listen to your own needs. to the Three Little Words podcast. My name is Nicole. And my name is Claudia. And today we will be discussing Innocence Nine Month Scandal by Danny Collins. Uh, So Claudia, let's go into why we decided to read this book next. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we decided to read this one next because in our previous uh, episode, our first episode, a on a virgin to redeem the billionaire also by danny collins at the very end uh they were like by the way if you wanted to hear what what rosalia was up to this entire story that she wasn't in uh how about you read innocence nine month scandal and yes, so we did. And, yeah, so we did. I'm really glad we decided to do that because I know I was like, oh, like we should read something else. And you were like, no, <laughs> we gotta. I got to know no. what happened. And oh, yeah, no, it's like I'm glad we read it right afterward because I feel like I would have forgotten some of the details from um, a Virgin to Redeem a Billionaire. <laughs> yeah. And I sent this to you in our in our little discord, but I saw because I did a little research on on like Danny Collins in these books. And there's a third, like, novella, which I don't, I want to read for this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with these characters. Um, but it's about, it's about Benny. Fucking Benny. It's about Benny getting someone oh pregnant. My. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm so curious. Um, like, not to uh, give too many of my notes away, uh, but one of my notes here is just in all caps, fucking Benny. <laughs> God, Benny. Fucking Benny. Um, all right. So brief, extremely brief summary of this book. Um, Before we, we go into our much longer summary of this book. <laughs> much longer. So this story follows Rosalia, cousin of Gisela from the last episode, um, and her little little journey over to Hungary, where she meets Victor Rohan. Uh, the two of them get up to some shenanigans. She uh-huh. ends up pregnant, and other things happen. Things happen from there. <laughs> That's kind of it. <laughs> That's kind of it. Okay. If you hear meowing, that's my child. <laughs> <laughs> Not my human child. I don't have a human child. Cat child. You make your human okay. child meow. <laughs> All right. I took I took a lot of notes for this one because I feel like the story overall was less nuanced, I guess. But there was I feel like so much more to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> like like what was your fir- okay, first impression? What was yours? I did not like this book. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like we kind of set ourselves up by yeah. reading about Kane Michaels first because 
he's he's kind of a dreamboat, and Victor's really a is. kind kind of a shit. So <laughs> yeah, Victor's a little bitch, baby. Yeah, so that was like my first impression after reading it. It's like I don't like Victor. Yeah. Also, I really like Rosalia, and I'm like, girl, yeah. you could do better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so Innocence Nine Month Scandal. So we start with Rosalia Toth. Uh, and she's already in Hungary at the beginning of the book, and she is waiting for Mara Rohan, so the mother of Victor Rohan. Uh, she has an appointment with her to talk about the earrings, but the appointment wasn't actually with her. It was with Gisela. And then, of course, because of all the things happening in the first book, uh, she didn't come. Rosalia came in her place. Real quick. Yeah. I, I just want to say on Danny Collins' website, she said that... All three of these stories, including the Benny one, are supposed to stand on their own, but be complemented by each other. Uh, Innocence Nine Month Scandal does not stand on its own. No, though I do think as far as like the whole earring thing goes, this book provided a lot more oh, yeah. context. So I, f- I feel I understood <laughs> what the hell happened with the earrings way better here than I did in the in the first one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like we even said, we're like, we didn't really grasp what happened at this point, but something with the earrings. So, no, this provided like a lot more backstory in regards to the earrings. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some context for those who need a refresher or didn't listen to the last episode. Uh, So Rosalia and Gisela's grandmother, her first partner, proposed to her with a pair of earrings in lieu of a ring. And when she became pregnant, he sent her to America uh, while there was some kind of uprising in Hungary. Uh, So she sold an earring to get there. And then when she arrived, he did not meet her there because he passed away. And she sold the second earring to a man she met. Uh, He kind of took pity on her and decided to marry this pregnant woman who she was pregnant with um, her first partner's child. So that's the story of the earrings. Uh, as far as our little family tree goes, Gisela's and Rosalia's grandmother, um, she, her first partner is uh, the child of her and her first partner is Gisela's mother. And then the child of the grandmother and the new man she married in America. That's where Rosalia comes from. So Rosalia has no blood connection, ties, whatever to the Rohan, Rohan side of the family. Just need to say that right now, because well, it's part of the story. Actually, there's a quote about this in the book, too, of how it's like, don't worry, he's not her cousin. <laughs> All Rosalie's fascination with the Carol uh, connection was wrapped up in the romance of the story. She didn't have a drop of blood tie in it. In it. Uh, she didn't have a drop of blood tie in it, which made fat- fantasizing about this man's bottom lip okay. Or rather, it was still <laughs> a dumb thing to do, but at least it wasn't morally wrong. We'll, like, cover it as we get to it in, like, different points of the story. But there were so many parts that, like, referred to Gisela and, like, possibly having some kind of attraction to Victor and Victor kind of being attracted to her. And it's just like, like, why do they keep mentioning that? Like, they're cousins. I I have them marked because yeah. it, it comes up pretty frequently. And I'm like, why? I only noticed it a couple of times, but I'm very interested in, in hearing this. 
Okay, so let's see. So Rosalia uh, is waiting outside the Rohan residence, which is like a literal castle. Uh, and she's awaiting Mara, who isn't available, but her son, Victor, is available. Turns out Mara had to like do some business elsewhere, so she's not around. So now we know that... So we know from the last book that Rosalia finds him to be sinfully attractive. Uh, and so she's kind of like, ooh, well, like, at least I get to see the hot sun now. But then it's like, just kidding, Victor cancels the meeting because he has, like, no interest in talking with her, especially because it's, like, not even the person he was, or his mother was originally supposed to meet with. So, yeah, he turns her away without even seeing her. Um, and then... He comes out of, out of his house and there's some some uh, young young American thing talking to his uh, driver and he thinks some weird primal shit. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, I must I must claim this one. Um, <laughs> I didn't think about it at the time, but for some reason now my my like inner monologue for Victor is um is just the Kurgan from the Highlander. A reference you don't get, but that's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Victor didn't begrudge his driver a personal life, but for some reason, as his employee leaned in to make a play for this one, Victor bristled. A compulsive, this one's for me, resounded in him. So I have this section literally right before that highlighted because I feel like this book, or like Danny Collins, goes out of their way to just hammer into our heads how average Rosalia is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, like, the description, literally the paragraph right before you just read. A young woman, a backpacker, if the map she held was anything to go by, stood chatting, Bob, sorry, stood chatting up his driver. The spring breeze pressed the fabric of her t-shirt against her modest chest and lifted the waves of her loose brunette hair away from her creamy complexion. She wore no, she wore no makeup, but sunshine was all she needed. That buttermilk skin would light up any room, most specifically a darkened bedroom. Mm. So it's like, oh, she's like kind of average looking, but like has some kind of appeal. Yeah, I think in, in Rosalie's in like inner dialogue, uh, she she mentions that her shirt is also wrinkled. I think like, so. It's clean, but <laughs> but it's very wrinkly, apparently. It's like, Rosalie, please fold your clothes when you pack. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's in a rush. She has things to do. Ugh. So, yeah, so our... Our boy Victor here lays his claim on her, essentially. Um, there was something I kind of marked. So overall, very, very, very few things were highlighted as dreamy, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so I had to like really dig deep <laughs> to at least like find something. So I did have highlighted here. Um, the woman turned to look at him and stilled as though transfixed. A slow smile filled her expression with even more light. He thought of artwork that depicted angels of grace and goddesses of fertility, which I was like, oh, and then the second half of that sentence, none of which had ever caused such a brilliant thrust of heat to swell in him. Uh, it's like I was already like really digging for something to say about this man. And then it's like quick flip over to horny after being like kind of romantic. Comparing yeah. her to art, I don't know. Like, like, can't, not to uh, listen. If we're gonna compare Victor to Kane Michaels, we're just gonna we're just gonna be here talking about Kane Michaels all night. 
But... I love Kane Michaels. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> this is um, a Kane Michaels stand <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Three little canes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just... I feel like Kane Michaels wasn't so immediately horny for Gisela. Like, he was horny, but I feel like it was more, like, intense, like, passionate, kind of horny. Whereas this is just, like, straight up thinking with his dick horny. Yeah. Like, a little bit after that, it says, He took her hand the way a cat snared a bird that flittered too close, pulling her in, determined she wouldn't get away. Then she spoke again, and the hunter inside him went from playful to bloodthirsty, claws extending. Yep. There are f- are so many more references, I feel, to just animalistic primal yeah. behaviors in this book. This man, both of them, really, are, like, super fucking horny. Yeah, like, for some reason. I, I mean, I guess I know the reason. It's because this book is about, like, pregnancy and, I mean... Breeding, let's be real. I have a lot of thoughts on the pregnancy thing, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to hear. But we'll get to that. (laughs) But yeah, I guess, like, just... I don't know. It's about... (sighs) Caveman, animal lust, or whatever. I don't know. They really lean into it. Really lean into it. Okay, so at this point, she actually climbs into the car. He refuses to speak to her for a variety of reasons. One, because he has no interest in selling the earring. And two, because she wasn't the person who was supposed to show up in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was Gisela who was supposed to come. And he actually thinks at one point, like, I think this is a bit later on, but he does think at one point that maybe this was done on purpose because... uh, his mother would have subjected Gisela to like DNA testing. Mm -hmm. And so for them to send the not biologically related cousin to them and there being no way to DNA test, that was like just part of their plan to con them into getting this earring, which I feel like our girls are not smart enough to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, they're (laughs) they're smart. They're very intelligent girls, but I feel like that's that's a big and deep play for this oh, if yeah. that was their uh, intent yeah and like there's a reference uh made i think like whew, like second to last chapter of the book or something uh which we will get to of course but it's like they he and kane michaels because kane had the same kind of feelings at first too mm-hmm. i feel just like i understand not trusting them Mm-hmm. But like, holy shit, guys, like to think that they could come up with this like complex, like super involved plan to get these earrings. I feel like that's just like bananas. Yeah. I mean, like. I too many of my thoughts on this are I need to save towards the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's keep going. The plays the plays are too big for for these ladies. Yep. Okay. So she climbs into his car where we get another horny moment because that's all that happens between these two. So (laughs) it starts off with she also knew better than to get into cars with strangers, especially in a foreign country girl. Yeah. But that's exactly what she did. She pushed into the back seat, trying to crawl across him like she was taking the far chair in a row at the theater. It was rude enough and startled Victor so that he grabbed her waist to steady her in front of him, practically on his lap. 
His strength was undeniable, but what froze her in place was the impact of his touch. For a moment, they were eye to eye, nose tip to nose tip, practically about to kiss. His eyes were gray as an ashen sky, moody and ominous without any hint of blue. And dear Lord, he had a neurotic mouth. Her hand was on the leather seat next to his thigh, but she longed to brace against the well-developed ball of his shoulder, touch the heat of his neck. He smelled of something woodsy and spicy, fine wool and the barest hint of brandy. Yeah. Super horny. So horny. Super horny. Um, I feel like they make a lot of references to his mouth and yeah. also nipples in this book. Yeah. They talk about Did you notice how much nipple talk there was? Yeah. So I just heard, play. like, there was some nipple play with Kane, but, man, I, I will say, I guess, you know, Danny Collins's sex writing, you can definitely feel a, a different taste here. Like, I was getting to, I was very tempted, actually, no, I was going to keep a tally as to how many times we would see, like, scalp references, mm -hmm. but... Surprisingly, not that many. I think I there was like there one I noticed. But the nipple thing, that was that was the theme of this book. The sexual motif. Okay, there are two scalps in this book. Oh, I only it, caught one. <laughs> his voice was whiskey soaked and made her scalp tighten. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> you know, she said, arms around his neck, teeth sharp on his earlobe, but before she made... Before she soothed the pain by sucking, making his scalp tingle. Yeah. Two scalps. Two scalps. Tight fewer than scalps. The, like eight in the last book. Oh, yeah. But, okay, but, you know, the scalp count was low, but the nipple count was high. Yeah. So, back to our, our friends here. So, he's, like, immediately attracted to her. And part of the reason he thinks he's attracted to her is, like... His way of like mentally rebelling against his mother because she keeps badgering him into, quote, marry and produce an heir, which is such a weird way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but, know, you know, that's rich how, people. how royalty does it because he is a duke. He like, is. Do we mention that? I don't think. No, he's not a duke. He's a count. That's what a count, is. which is still like he has a title. Yeah. He lives in a castle, essentially. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, they say, like, the, the count thing isn't, like, he doesn't hold any actual power besides the power that his billions of dollars gives him. But, like, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Oh, absolutely not. So that that's part of the reason that he thinks he's attracted to her. Um, and so I have a note here. Did Kane Michaels come off this predatory at the beginning of A Virgin to Redeem the Billionaire? Nope. Nope. I feel like he had some... Some moments where it was referring to just like animalistic behavior and stuff, but not in not to excess. Like this is just so much <laughs> happening yeah. right now. So she's there for the earring, and then we get a little little twist in our earring story, which is that Rosalia's grandmother was never gifted the earrings; she stole them. According so, to Victor. Yes, according to Victor and the story that his mother had told him, which throws Rosalia for a loop. She's like, there's no way my grandmother would never do that. Like, it was a symbol of, like, her love with, uh, what was his name? Istvan? Yeah, Istvan. I, 
yeah, I feel like I'm butchering the pronunciation, so apologies yeah, for that. Yeah, sorry Hungarians out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I speak Spanish only. Well, not only Spanish and English, obviously. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like all my pronunciations sometimes default to Spanish. So as far as the earrings being stolen, the story is, according to Victor's side of the family, that the earrings went missing after his great uncle died, meaning there was no possible way for him to give them to her. So clearly she stole them. That's the theory here. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually his grandmother. So his dad's mother who found one of the earrings and his grandmother used the earrings as a bargaining chip to get her son to marry his mother which is like really fucked. Yeah. <laughs> we get we touch on arranged marriages uh, in this book, but this is like you can see where his mother gets some of those behaviors from. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's a rich people thing, I guess. Yeah, his his mom is certainly a character. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that, but oh my we'll god. We'll get to that. So I have a couple of things highlighted here, a couple of points of discussion I wanted to go over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I have a, a little green highlight here for a uh, <laughs> <laughs> flagrant display of wealth. This level of success isn't accidental, Victor said dryly, flicking a hand to indicate the car's leather seats and privacy window, its polished wood grain trim, and the touchscreen computer mounted for his convenience. It comes from generations of strategic alliances, not from handing off priceless family jewels with a marriage promise to dishonest peasant girls. God, just saying saying peasant girl in there just really seems uh, it. His mother straight up says the word plebeians at one oh, point. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Elitist motherfuckers. Towards the end of their initial meeting, we touch on the whole relative thing again. Um, <laughs> so let's see what. Ha- so she says, look, I didn't come here for a war. Is it so unreasonable that I'm curious? Your mother was willing to talk to me. Why won't you let me buy you a drink and ask a few questions? And he says he doesn't like liars. She says, when have I lied to you? I'm exactly what I appear to be, a long lost relative. You're not my relative. (laughs) (laughs) He stated with enough force, it pushed her back an inch. On the surface, it sounded like a rejection. Part of her was even a little stung by his vehemence. (laughs) He didn't want to be associated with her, which was very insulting. Her brain was already gathering to make a haughty reply. But as she met his gaze, a current of electricity crackled between them. His words took on a new meaning, even a necessary truth. <laughs> I listen. It almost feels like Danny Collins kind of wanted to flirt with this being an incest story, like a di- a distant incest story. But it's like, I mean, you didn't have to make them not cousins. And, you know, you didn't have to make them not cousins as in capital N, capital C, as in, like, don't worry, they're not (laughs) cousins, because I know what you're thinking. He could have just, I don't know, he could have just been a guy, (laughs) you know? Yeah, like, it's, 
it, it, the point is made throughout the book and i feel yeah. like it's like just to remind the readers like hey by the way this is cool okay it's not weird <laughs> yeah i i don't know it it was just constantly one of those things <laughs> constantly so they talk about this ring or sorry earring for a little bit uh they stress again not related <laughs> So he asks her where she's staying. And so she gives him the name of her hotel and he's like, OK, my place then we'll have dinner. You can show me exactly how persuasive you claim to be. So he like steals her away. <laughs> yeah. And as for like the weird, the the like kind of double entendre with like how persuasive you claim to be, that one I give a pass because I mean, Kane Michaels, when Gisela like moved in with him, <laughs> he was outright like, you know, Anyway, if you're tempted to fuck me, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, there, the, I've, okay. I, I tried so hard yeah. to not compare him to Kane Michaels, but I couldn't help it. And also, like, we were able to draw, like, some parallels and stuff, yeah. so. It's, uh, it's, it was very hard not to compare the two. Yeah, and, like. It, it's especially hard at the end when Kane Michaels shows up for like a scene yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, like this, this man at the same point in the story is uh, not you. Yeah. <laughs> Ye oh, yeah. Like they're in very different places in their relationships at that point, too. Yeah. So. Anyway, the, the Kane Michael appreciators need to log off here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we stop back to this fucker. Yeah. So <laughs> now we get to his place and he straight up thinks the virgin act wasn't normally his thing, but there was something in the way she nervously licked her lips that made desire dig sharp talons into his vitals. Again, talons, more mm -hmm. like animal references. He's he's very he's very cynical. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like he has every right to be considering everything yeah i do <laughs> uh, to a degree i do give him a pass on cynicism yeah to a degree to a degree absolutely so we get more insight into the whole rohan side of the earring story uh, so it says family legend had it that istvan's thieving lover had claimed to be carrying a how do you pronounce the last name? Carol Caroli? Uh yeah, Caroli. Caroli bastard to gain entry to the house. The only reason his mother had agreed to meet Gisela was to ensure there wouldn't be any scandalous and false claims against the estate. And this is where he's like, oh, maybe Rosalia was set in her place so that they couldn't DNA test. Does this happen to royals a lot? I or just like rich people and well, I mean, OK, there, this was a couple years ago. I think it was Drake, but I guess he <laughs> whenever he like has sex with a woman, he he disposes of the condom like immediately because he's afraid that they will take it and like try to impregnate themselves. <laughs> so it's and I think someone did actually try to do that a couple years ago. So it is a valid concern. To some extent, I think. All right. Well, 
Good old Jimmy Brooks teaching us teaching us all a lesson. <laughs> so I, there's another part here that I mark as dreamy, and this is me reaching for dreamy shit to mark and yep. discuss. After the briefest confounded pause, she burst out laughing. It was quite simply the most beautiful laugh he had ever heard. He couldn't recall the last time he'd heard anyone laugh in this mausoleum, not since he was a child. Her laughter echoed to the second floor ceiling, seeming to catch in the chandelier and make it shiver with musical delight. He was so caught by the sound, by the light and liveliness in her face, he felt his chest tingle with an urge to chuckle, which definitely hadn't happened since he was a child. Yeah. Like, that was a little heartwarming, I yeah. guess. I wouldn't call it dreamy. I feel like everything that I marked as quote-unquote dreamy is more heartwarming than anything. Yeah. I made like wait, I'm I'm counting my dreamy markers. Two. Two two <laughs> two markers. <laughs> yeah, I like Oh wait. Oh. The second one isn't even dreamy for <laughs> dreamy for oh. pictures, dreamy for Kane Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, fuck. Kane Michaels brain rot. <laughs> Uh, He's man. ruined every other man for us. <laughs> I think I think in addition to to steaminess, dreaminess, memeiness, and smash your pass, now it has to be better or worse than Kane Michaels. He is our standard now. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, Victor Rohan, worse than Kane Michaels. <laughs> so shortly after that, we have another description of Rosalia to again remind us that she's totally average. Rosalia was feeling like such a fraud, like the poor cousin she had always been, standing in glamorous Gisela's shadow. Of course this was her cousin's heritage. She loved Gisela to pieces. In some ways, Rosalia was closer to her than she was with her actual sister. But Gisela was a willowy, stunning, spoiled only child. She wouldn't goggle in a place like this. She would assume she belonged here, which to some extent she did. Rosalia, not so much. Yeah, I, uh... I also have, but Giselle was a willy, willowy, stunning, spoiled only child highlighted <laughs> with the note that says hater. So I know in our last episode, we talked about how Gisela overall was not a very, she wasn't a character we could really relate to. Mm -hmm. Rosalia, I find, is much more relatable, but also it's like it kind of hurts for her to be like talked about as just like the most average person <laughs> yeah rosalie's story made for a better billionaire story absolutely but like they man yeah you're right they really drive home like oh boy she's your average girl yeah and then later on we get into like her making those kind of self-deprecating remarks mm. uh and then you can kind of see Victor's tone change where he's like, no, you're beautiful, whatever. So, like, mm -hmm. he, we get to that. If I didn't know better, I would say that Danny Collins headed out for Rosalia. Why, though? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Like, she seems like a nice person. <laughs> I have highlighted here another section that, again, was me reaching for Dreamy, but I thought it was, like, cute. Mm -hmm. I guess they have a little bit of banter. So they're like going around and looking at this old ass castle. She says, I'm a nut for tiny drawers and hidden compartments. I'm going to let myself believe there's a key to a secret passage in one of these. And then he says we had to lock it to keep the ghost from haunting the rest of the house. After an exaggerated gasp of delight, she said, thank you. 
His mouth twitched, but their drinks arrived before she could coax any more humor out of him than that one dry comment. I was going to say, I appreciate that he has a, a weird sense of humor. He does. We see that a couple of times throughout the book. And so, like, at this exact point, I was like, oh, maybe I can like him. Mm-hmm. Like, this was the one part that, like, gave me hope for his character. And then my little heart was shattered into a million tiny disappointed pieces. Yeah. So, okay. They're, like, about to have sex. Like, mm-hmm. it comes very early on in the book. Mm-hmm. But before that, we get another description of her to remind us <laughs> that she's average. Yeah. This woman was definitely more threatening than she appeared. On the surface, she was mousy, but her brown hair had streaks of caramel. Her brown eyes glints of bronze and gold. So it's like, again average but then it's like oh but she has like these qualities that that draw him to her yeah as as if you really have to like justify it like yeah is it not enough that she's the main character no (laughs) apparently (laughs) not and she has a nice personality he also has to has to be drawn to her to her gold flecked skin what was it (laughs) Gold flecked brown eyes or whatever yeah, sure. caramel streaks, yeah, whatever. Uh, so also, I I do have. I feel like a lot of this this episode is because there's so little plot. It's just going to be us like reading quotes and talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have. This is my one and only dreamy. Oh, that has the note cute. I guess. <laughs> so they um, they go into this conservatory, the building that they don't use. Um, and just go in there and talk for a little while. And there's some nice flowers and it's warm in there. And I think there are butterflies and maybe birds, um, because they're rich. And, (laughs) uh, I have highlighted, but as he picked a pale pink hibiscus flower and tucked it behind her ear, she knew she was going to take a small risk and see where this would go. It was another opportunity she refused to miss. That was kind of cute. Yeah, I liked the imagery of of him just, like, just quietly, like, picking a flower and putting it in her hair. It feels feels very boyish, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it fits in with what I said earlier, where it's like, there aren't really any dreamy moments, but there are, like, cute, heartwarming moments Mm -hmm. that I have marked as dreamy just for, you know, consistency, I guess. Yeah. So actually, something that we totally skipped over is while they're touring the house, he mentions his dead brother. Oh, yeah. He has a dead brother. Yep. And uh, he will he will come into play. He will later. come into play. Yeah. He mentions his dead brother a couple of times. I, uh, I highlighted. Hell, had he even felt such anticipation for a woman? His eyes or sorry, his emotions had been buried alongside his brother, never to be resurrected. Oof. My god, I haven't gotten a boner since my brother died. <laughs> Fuck. Oh no. <laughs> so oh, I also have highlighted his skin tightened. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he needs to moisturize. <laughs> okay, so yeah, dead brother, which we will hear more about later but he does say something about on um, along the lines of like he never talks about his dead brother like how did 
she like coaxed this out of him. Mm. And it's just like she has just this innate charm. I really like her. Yeah. Uh, she's I want to date her. <laughs> I um, absolutely. I feel like my rankings are like Kane Michaels, Rosalia, Gisela Victor. Yeah. <laughs> so like we are not even a third of the way through the book. Mm-hmm. When we get our first little little tryst here. Mm-hmm. And it was hot. Like, I thought it was pretty hot. It had its moments. Um for I the one thing I I highlighted as steamy, like on unabashedly steamy was actually in the build-up like oh my god the kiss is still but this one wasn't even a kiss so much it was just like like a touch a noise he didn't consciously make growled in his throat he moved his hand to the side of her neck so his her pulse pounded against the heel of his palm he and gave himself more freedom he explored the silky shape of her lips from the pillowy softness of her bottom lip to the luscious curve of her top lip and I don't know, something about the passion of, like, the the neck hold there. But again, also, growling. Like, with the, with the animalism. So many, so many instances of that. So, just a couple of paragraphs before the sexy parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I think you're different from the women I normally spend time with. You're playful, impulsive, definitely more sensual than anyone I've ever encountered. He noted where her fingers were tracing the upholstery on the back of a chair, learning its texture. I find that quality in you very intriguing. I think that after such a passionate kiss, I would like to know if you respond like that during lovemaking. Which, I mentioned this in the last episode, and I will mention it in probably every single one. (laughs) I fucking hate the term lovemaking and every variation of it. Making love. Yeah, I, I will say... After our between our last podcast and this one, I did use it unironically. Oh no! And I don't know. It just it felt a little off. <laughs> it's it, it like I feel like it works in the context of a romance novel or mm-hmm. show or something, but in real life, when somebody says that to me, it makes me want to vomit. Like I hate it. It feels like staged yeah it doesn't feel genuine to me yeah it's a lot maybe i'm just as cynical as victor rohan who the hell knows but (laughs) i don't like it but for him to refer to it as love making right off the bat yeah i found really weird maybe it's it's i'm going to justify it in universe (laughs) as english being his second language (laughs) Okay. Like, maybe he doesn't know a, a classy way to say fucking besides that. I, I, I don't know, because he also speaks Italian. He's, he's you know, he's, like, I feel like he, he should know these links. For him to be like, I don't know. I feel like he knows these languages more than we're giving him credit for. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, oh, God, I hated that. Like, imagine... Mm-hmm. You meet this per literally. This is the day they met. Yeah, with this is within an hours of them meeting. And hours mm-hmm. is being generous. Yeah, and this man says to you, "Love making." 
I'd fucking run. Yeah. I would not stick around. That is so weird, in my opinion. Anyway, but she doesn't run. She fucks him. Yeah. He also, fucks her. They, they fuck. <laughs> um, there's uh, one one line that I found tech. I, I found particularly interesting. She was technically a virgin. Technically. She was technically well. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that had been her first kiss. For heaven's sake, she was technically a virgin, but she had had a couple of boyfriends. She had fooled around with them. None of that intimate wrestling had ever made her feel close. Even close to the way she had felt with Victor's finger under her chin, though. I, I think, I think that's why we're getting the innocent title and not the virgin title. If I had oh. to guess, it's like <laughs> she doesn't get the virgin card that Giselle gets, but she gets the innocent card. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're comparing the two of them, Gisela is far more, yeah, like tame i guess compared to rosalia rosalia is she's horny she is she's like more overtly sexual than than gisella oh absolutely so yeah i i when i remember reading that and just took it as everything but yeah which like you know do your thing girl (laughs) but the yeah technically a virgin was also rubbed me in a really weird way. I was like, eh, okay. Yeah. The big I was a half virgin when I met him energy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So sexy time happens, and my note here in all caps, raw dogging right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, so apparently Victor forgets the condom because he's so, like, wrapped up in the moment and I don't know what Rosalie's excuse is. I guess she's too wrapped up in the moment, too. Like, I don't know, this, this, not to make two Degrassi references in one episode, but this, it does have some big, like, Manny not thinking about how, how Craig didn't put on a condom energy. Except, you know, immediately after the sex uh, Victor's like, oh, wait, shit. And he says something like, um, since you're a virgin, I'll assume that you're not on birth control, right? Which, I don't know, kind of a weird assumption, but... Yeah. He's <sighs> uh, just, oh, like, I don't know. He was just so caught up in the throes of passionate lovemaking that he forgot to wrap it up. And they actually talk about it because they're trying to, like, place the blame on each other. And she's like, well, you know now that I was a virgin, so you're the more experienced one here. You should have known better. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And Which, I like, just, you know, it's just, uh. Yeah. So. Okay. One other thing before we talk a little more about the sex scene. I found an interesting little little line here. Her romantic feelings lay in a direction that was considered inappropriate. Uh wait. <gasps> yes. Uh he I think Victor talks about one of his aunts. Yes. And how she she never married. Oh, Aunt Bella. I didn't even realize it's Aunt Bella. Oh, I didn't Aunt realize Bella's either. Lesbian. Oh yeah, for like, sure a lesbian. She says Okay, so 
Um, that's why my Aunt Bella was allowed to forego marriage. Her mother refused to trap her in a situation she adamantly opposed. She never married? Her, her romantic feelings lay in a direction that was considered inappropriate. She's had companions over the years. She lives alone now. And it's like, Lesbian. Oh. History will say they were best friends. <laughs> companions. Companions. But, oh, yeah, I read that and I was like, lesbian, especially given her age and yeah. living in Hungary. I'm sure her coming out would have been very, very bad for her. Especially as royalty. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it's like mentioned <laughs> later on. It's like just a mention about the, her father hitting someone or at mm -hmm. least having the capacity to hit somebody. So it's like imagine coming out to your nuts, nut job father, <laughs> like especially in that time as royalty. She was a lesbian, closeted lesbian. So yeah. I felt, you know. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So back to the sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're really here for. Yeah. A lot of nipple play. Yeah, a lot of nipple play. Also, uh, Rosalia wears uh, uh, boy shorts, which I appreciate as someone who also wears a lot of boy shorts. They're very comfortable. They are. And they actually say ridiculously comfortable, but unsexy short, short girl boxers. <laughs> Well, you know, I disagree. They could be yeah. sexy. So yeah, the um, the sex scene. I don't know. I thought it was it was okay. It just it didn't have the the passion. Probably because I didn't like. I didn't I didn't like Victor as much by this point. Be, probably because it's so early on. Like some of the later sex scenes, I found a bit better. Um, yeah, I mean, like this is not even a third of the way through the book. Or actually, no, yeah. just about a third. Like, just under a third, I believe. It's a quarter of the way through the book. Oh, my God. According I'm, to... I'm, like, not counting. Because, okay, per oh, my true, nook, true, true. it's, like, 171 pages, but it was, like, 152 in total. But that's, like, also including, I think, the first couple of random pages. Yeah, so it's about the, a like, third of the way. Excerpt. Yeah. So it's about a third of the way through the book, where, whereas Gisela and... God damn it, I keep comparing them. Gisela yeah. and Kane literally smack dab in the middle. So we had a bit more time yeah. to see their relationship blossom and for them to develop more chemistry. I mean, I understand the reason, too, because the book isn't about, like, it's not even really about their relationship or, like, losing her virginity. It's about the pregnancy. Yeah. And... I, I mean, you gotta you gotta have that inciting incident at some point. So I guess I get it, but I don't know. It just it didn't feel quite right. Also, um, as as he uh, penetrates her, a gross <laughs> thing that I don't like saying. Um, <laughs> pressed and stretched, thrusting deep with confidence, and then yeah. a, a line break. She gasped at the catch and burn. He lifted his head. Some of the haze left his eyes while a moment of comprehension struck his expression. What is with all these guys, like, knowing immediately that they're virgins by, like, some, some, like, I don't know, some needing to get used to them? I, I, I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily, like, feels any different. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but they had to make a point of it. 
Yeah, the sentence after that is, this was it, the mating act, which I highlighted as incredibly meme Oh, yeah. Mating act. The mating act. This this was it, the mating act. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was it. That's when she got knocked up. I mean, yeah. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, Overall, I enjoyed it, but I... I, do, I don't like him. And I, I really yeah. don't like him at this point. I like warm up to him a little bit, like right at the end. Yeah. And then I've liked him in the epilogue, which we'll yes. get to, of course. The epilogue was cute. But at this point, I'm like, this guy fucking sucks. Like, he's yeah. he's just rich count man who's just like really cynical. And, has, and I just I have no interest in him. I don't care about him. Yeah. And. <sighs> The Kane Michaels appreciator has logged on once again, where I say, you saying Victor sucks, he also did not suck in this, in a literal sense. Because I will say that Kane opened opened up with Gisela by, by eating her out. We don't get any of that until, like, more than halfway through the book. So I didn't mark it, but I do remember it, where he does say something about how he is a generous lover, and I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he really is not. Like no. Nope. I don't know. It's it's good that that Rosalia has has those nerve endings because he didn't really seem to do much to to get her there besides that. Yeah. I don't know. Also, the orgasm sentence, he splintered with her, fusing them with alchemy and sorcery and elemental power for the rest of eternity. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little extra. Doing, doing some sex magic. Let me get out my grimoire. Oh my god, imagine. <laughs> um, I have a note, actually. That, a note? Because it, it occurred to me later on. So, nipple play. Mm-hmm. Constantly mentioned throughout the book. And I feel like Danny Collins made a point of, you know, making nipple play such a oh. huge part of the lovemaking for when she gets pregnant and her nipples are sensitive. So sensitive where he, like, can't even touch them. Yeah, so it's like I didn't could, even think about that. That was that's my little my little theory because like throughout the whole book he's like just touching her titties, and then <laughs> it's like oh my god this is one of the symptoms. Yeah, so it was probably just to establish like a pattern and then be like oh look at this it's different now. Yeah, that makes sense. So that was that's that's my little theory here. I it's a solid theory. That or like. I don't know. Maybe Danny Collins has like a nipple thing. Which, I think like, Danny you know, Collins also has a nipple thing, and also a scalp thing. Yeah, even if even if it was less prominent here, there were still two scalps. <laughs> okay, so let's skip ahead just a few yeah. paragraphs or whatever. Um, Victor is like an asshole, just like Kane. Right after the whole like first sex scene where. Again, just drawing the parallels here. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, why did you give me your virginity? And thought that it was just like a way for her to like con him to. Yeah. And so and again, this is exactly what Kane thought was happening with Gisela as well. Yeah. So, you know, he's an asshole and Rosalia's like, all right, I don't want anything to do with you. And she leaves, goes to her hotel and then he notices that the earring is missing. I believe yeah. it's the next day, right? 
Yes, the next the next morning. Um, next morning. So he told he told Rosalia to go buy a morning after pill, which she agreed to, and oh, because yes. she doesn't want this either. And uh, but after you know after saying that, when he upset her so much, she went right back to her hotel and sobbed until she fell asleep. And then you know because this hearing was missing. Uh, Kane called Kane. Kane, my boy would never do this. Never. Victor called the police and was like, um, go and question her. And because he doesn't understand how the police work, <laughs> they arrest her. <laughs> Which was never his intention, because I know in last episode we were like, he fucking got her arrested. Yeah. And it, it seemed more malicious, I guess. This yeah. was, it's like, you know, I guess it's, we've, uh, it's not like, malicious. He's just a moron. Yeah. But yeah, bitch gets arrested. This poor girl. I know we talked about this last episode, but this poor girl is in a different country mm-hmm. and she's now arrested for a crime she did not commit. Yeah. And it's only later that Victor, it's, it, it is eight hours later and Victor is like, oh, my God, she's she's still in a cell. Like, what the fuck? Because he had found the earring. It was in a drawer mm-hmm. in a desk that I believe was in the same. Yeah, it was in the same room. Yeah. And do you know what happened is that this woman that his mother has repeatedly tried to set him up Trudy. with. Trudy. Trudy. <laughs> she, she came over and uh, she. The the butler or whatever was said something i think he said something about how he's like entertaining uh, a woman right now and she got pissed and she saw this this earring out on the desk and decided to just move it into a drawer it kind of feels like one of those things where it's like realistically what would she think the consequences of that would be like there's yeah. no, there's no way that trudy would be like he's going to he's going to think that this woman stole it from him. And it's like, you don't know this woman. And yeah. you don't know that he gives a shit about that earring. That could be her earring. And like, I don't think, I, I know his mother has been trying to force this union for a while. Actually, it's mentioned that she's been spreading rumors about an announcement happening soon just to get the public talking and pressure him into like proposing. Yeah. Which is really fucked up. She is a character. Yeah. <laughs> but she so I but I also think that she's not she doesn't have a lot of insight into like the whole family situation, especially with the earring. Yeah. So like how would she like I don't know how she would know the consequences of her actions because it does mention it later on where they call her actions like juvenile and malicious. And again, like how how would she have known like, what effect that would have. I think it would have been better if she had actually stolen the earring. Ooh. And not oh, and then she it. admits to it. Yeah. And she, like, calls him up and she's and she's like, hey, do you know where your earring is? It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your earring is? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe that's less clean, but, like, I don't know. I, I just kind of think that it's this, like, teeny plot hole that i don't know you don't yeah, think about it, it but it, it felt there. forced yeah and trudy exits the story after this point 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's only like mentioned in like passing. But yeah, he's like he sees what she's done and like the consequences where, you know, Rosalia getting arrested. And he is like, bye, bitch. I never want to see you again. Yeah. He's like, I don't care what my mother thinks. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Good on him, I guess. I guess. But yeah, no, Trudy sucks. Yeah. Like the one person who sucks worse than Victor. We found her. I am thinking now. Mm. When when did Rosalia see the earring? Was it before or after they had sex? No, no, it was before, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm trying yeah, to think of a timeline he out, here. He took a safe. And yeah, and obviously, then, like left it on the desk, and then they fucked. Yeah, because like after she she bolted, so obviously it was before, mm-hmm. duh. But I, because I was thinking, the earring was already out. Mm-hmm. She, she, uh, Trudy shows up, and the butler says he's entertaining a guest. Does she know that they're fucking? Because she probably would have come around the time they were sleeping with each other. I think that she actually came by. I think they do give a small timeline and she actually came by after Rosalia had left. OK, because I thought the butler said that he's busy because he's entertaining. He is entertaining a guest right now. Yeah, the butler didn't know that she left. And oh, OK, came, OK. And fuck. And Victor's door was still <laughs> locked. OK. So I guess that's the, the timeline that also like corresponds to. I don't know, maybe what, why other staff might have thought that she stole it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because they do interview, like, the whole staff and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was just wondering, like, how fucked would it be if she, like, shows up and they're, like, screwing in the other <laughs> room and she's like, what the hell? Yeah. Big oof. Huge So, oof. anyway, Rosalie, cut to Rosalia in jail, poor girl, and she calls Gisela, and Gisela is with Kane, and, you know, per the last book slash episode, he arranges for a lawyer to come and help bail her out. And then Victor shows up, and she's rightfully pissed. Like, she's yeah. very upset. I mean, she slept with this man. He accused her of using you know, her her virginity as some kind of, like, tool to manipulate him. And then he gets her arrested, and she's in a cell for eight hours, so she's fucking pissed. And I mean, I would be, too. I'd be heated. I'd punch him. She didn't... She, like... Uh, I feel like she wasn't angry enough later on. Yeah. I don't know. I think Rosalia is too quick to forgive. Oh, absolutely. But... This is okay. So she's when she's arrested, she's in her hotel room. And so the hotel manager, you know, obviously knows what's going on because the police show up mm-hmm. and and to get his 15 minutes of fame, I guess he like blows up the story and releases <laughs> it to the public. Like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, the so an heirloom was stolen from like the Rohan family and like the suspect was saying here. Blah, blah, blah. And so. <laughs> Which I thought was also like a little bit of a stretch just to get her to go away with Victor. Yeah, it's it's a contrivance that I will allow. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, it's a it's a story. story. Yeah. yeah. So his so Victor's solution to this problem, because 
the whole the whole issue here is that, well, one, she still can't leave the country because she still needs to, like, sort this mess out. Mm-hmm. I believe she needs to still, like, appear in court or something just to be like, yeah, this is over. It's done. We're good. Yeah. I would have sued his ass. Could I could she have done that? I don't know Hungarian law well enough, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Anyway, I would have done that. Yeah. Um. And so now, so the, the 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 concern is that since the hotel manager let this story out, that she's going to be like swarmed by paparazzi and whatever. So his solution to all this is to whisk her away to like a mountain resort. And I have here highlighted another flagrant display of wealth. She clicked off her phone and dropped it into her purse, then took stock as she realized they were arriving at a private airfield. Her eyes were red with emotion and now sharpened with accusation. I thought you were putting me on a bus. A bus, he repeated. I do enjoy your sense of humor, Rosie. I've never been on a bus in my life. The car stepped next to his helicopter and he escorted her into it. Fuck you. Yeah. Fucking helicopter. Oh, just to kind of hop back for a hot sec as far as the arrest goes. Yeah. Uh, my notes here. Fucking idiot Victor didn't want her arrested. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I actually have written down here the dumbest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> he's very fun to shit on. Yeah, he is. Uh, but he's he's uh, he's certainly one of the characters of all time. Yep. And uh, the following chapter, um, you know, once they're in a helicopter and stuff, and they get to they get into this helicopter. And also, I will note here that Danny Collins said on her website that uh, the first half of this book wrote itself, according to her, and then she hit a wall. Oh, and no. this is the point where she hit a wall. And you can oh, no. even after like rewrites and stuff. I can really tell she hit a wall here. Honestly, now that you say that, I yeah, it it's yeah, you definitely get that feel from it. It just stops. Yeah. For a little bit. For like a, a lot while. of it. I mean, like even in in universe because oh, so she realizes that she never took the morning after pill, yeah. which I have serious notes about. Um <laughs> And what was I going to say? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah. So and then so then their whole thing is like, okay, well, like, when would you have your period? So when would we know? She's a 10 to 12 days. So even in universe, it just goes by slowly. Like they're there forever. Mm -hmm. I I have a note about that because there is a moment. uh, Ooh, where is it? Fuck. Oh, here it is. That's probably why she'd slept with him. Her ovaries had been bursting with fertility. One whiff of his high-grade testosterone and her <laughs> inner cave woman had taken control of her senses, throwing her into bed with him. Oh, And I Lord. wrote, this book is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, with the whole, like, primal animalistic tendencies of these two. Yeah. I do okay. I do have a, a small dreamy in... Ooh. In the scene where, um, so before she realizes that she took the morning after pill, we'll get to the morning after pill in two seconds. <laughs> um, they're, they're at this, this like mountain home and they're, they're talking. And at some point 
he he essentially like challenges her to to prove that his desire her desire for him was real like much like the the kane michael scene with the the kiss at the at the dance um and uh she she's holding like a plate of crepes i think and um he like moves in to kiss her and she like drops this plate because she's just like so so swoony about it mm-hmm. and um he was in rubber-soled slippers she was barefoot he quickly caught her up to keep her from stepping on any of the jagged edges and pivoted to sit her on the end of the counter snatching up a paper towel he wiped the jam off her foot and ensured they were ensured both were uninjured and it's like i like that i think that's a, yeah. a cute moment that was very cute like and for I, him to just know, like lift her up yeah, there are some times where I wish I had I had someone to lift me up and sit me on a counter while they made sure that my feet hadn't been cut by a plate. God, what a mood. Very specific <laughs> mood. <laughs> oh, I actually have highlighted here. Mm-hmm. Uh, not related to that, but just going back to the whole like primal thing. Yeah. Okay, so this is after she realizes and tells Victor that she never took the morning after pill because she got fucking arrested, his fault. Yeah. So, and then he, you know, he thinks that she did it as a way to, like, trap him because he's royalty and a billionaire. Yeah. Um. So here it says, but he's also, like, not super angry about it. Mm-hmm. Just want to make a point of that. It was eclipsed by, okay, sorry, but where was the alarm he ought to feel at what had to be a premeditated, underhanded plan? Where was his outrage? It was eclipsed by a Neanderthal response that reveled in the idea of his seed taking root in her, binding her to him. He barely knew her. He barely knew her and certainly didn't trust her, but... I can't even read this. But barbarism rose as a possessive force inside him, still drunk on their erotic experience and longing to repeat it. He had to push past the blind haze and force his mind to the civilized, rational reaction. Okay. So that was just very weird to me. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So, so weird. So weird. Okay. So they're going back and forth about like okay well like whose fault was it and she's like i wasn't trying to like you know mess with you she's like i didn't want this to happen so she says i wasn't trying to make your baby i'll walk to the village as soon as we're finished playing the floor is lava and get the pill then he says it's called the morning after pill because you're supposed to take it the morning after we're long past that he said flatly you already told me what your decision would be if there turns out to be a baby she would keep it okay so let me let me just let me go off for a second. The morning after pill should be taken within 72 hours after yeah. the act. It has been less than 72 hours, you fucking idiots. Exactly. You fucking morons. I and also then two have down 72 hours. 72 hours. But you can also Okay, so it, it suggested that you take them within the first 72 hours because that's when they're most effective. But you can take them up to five days after. Oh, my God. Five fucking days. And the thing is, it's like, oh, well, you know, if you, you know, if you weigh more than like a certain amount, like it may have less of an effect. But obviously, you know, our perfectly, you know, sculpted heroines are like probably like a buck 25. So that wouldn't be an issue. 
and and but he still like refuses to take her anywhere to get the pill yeah like even if there was a chance of it working like he wouldn't even he didn't even give that the opportunity to happen exactly. he was just like nope it's been a day like that's it we're we're done yeah i don't know i think that's why it's better to call to call the morning after pill plan b mm-hmm. instead of the morning after pill there is less misconception yeah i say the morning after pill because i isn't plan b like a brand oh is it i think it is and that's why because i was going to say plan b but i think it's a specific brand yeah Brand ah. names include Plan B, One Step, Take Action, My Way, Option Two, Preventiza, After Pill, My Choice, After a, E Contra, and others. Ah. So shout yeah, out so to that... all those companies. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, I I am at a loss for words. Like he. He was so set on like not letting her even try. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with it. And also, don't they have Google? Couldn't they have looked yeah. this up? Uh, Mans is rich. Pushover. <laughs> like, Mans is rich. I'm sure he has Wi-Fi at his mountain resort. He was working from there. He has Wi-Fi. He was, yeah. He, he has a laptop. She has a tablet. I just, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so stupid. And like, it's so dumb. Rosalia is like so sad about it too. Like, oh my god, yeah. Simply that her emotions were growing heightened as she sensed her grip on her life slipping away and falling under his firm, ruthless control. Jesus Christ. So it is, so from here on, it is brought up a couple of times, but I want to kind of like talk about it now since you Mm -hmm. mentioned it. But with this whole like pregnancy thing, she has so much to lose, like if she mm-hmm. becomes pregnant, which like she does, like because he's he is like, if you get pregnant, I will marry you. You will stay here. So she'll be away from all of her family. She hasn't finished her master's yet. She says that she's in the mi- middle of her master's for something. So she will have to like leave her family, stop her education, leave her job. And she's always wanted to work at the jewelry store mm-hmm. at Barcy's on Fifth. That's what it is. Like she would, she would have to sacrifice everything just to pop out this guy's kid. And this is where I'm thinking, why doesn't she just get an abortion? Yeah, I mean, it's like problem solved, friends. If you're yeah. not ready for a kid, don't have a kid. She's 24. She's got other shit to do. Yeah, and I mean, like, the reason she can't have an abortion is because we won't have a story. But besides <laughs> that, like, what is what is the reason? Like, is it not? Uh, they don't even like put up a little moral argument or like, I can't, I'm like too Christian. I yeah. know that we didn't meet on Christian Mingle, but you should know this <laughs> about me. And like, they don't, they don't even do that. She's just like, I would keep it. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that's what bothered me more than anything is that they didn't even try to justify it because she has so much to lose. Mm-hmm. What what is her motive for keeping the child? Like, why would she do that? What's her reasoning behind that logic? Oh, when she's no. sacrificing her entire life 
again, it's like, even if they said, oh yeah, like she's Christian, like super religious, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, at least it's something, but nothing. Mm -hmm. She just accepts it and she's super sad about it. Yeah. For like the entire book. It's not until like the epilogue that we even get like a glimpse of her being happy over there. (laughs) Yeah, this, like spoilers for later in this podcast, this pregnancy is miserable for her. Oh my God. There was a point where I was like, girl, you need an abortion. Like, this is not, like, uh, this is not really a moral issue right now. This is kind of an issue of your life. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, the the pregnancy was rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was really going through it. And even, like, again, like, just later on in the book, spoilers for later, is that even Gisela makes, like, a joke. She's like, oh, damn, like, you're kind of making me (laughs) think uh, second thoughts about, like, having a kid. She's like, sorry, lover. She says lover to Kane. Okay, so... Fuck, I forgot his name. Victor. (laughs) He's like, he just just sucks. Uh, So Victor (laughs) is like, all right, if you're pregnant, you'll stay here and marry me. And obviously she's, like, super upset. Her whole life is in New York. And... So actually, right after, right before he says that, like he'll that he'll marry her, just like touching base on the whole like morning after pill situation. Mm-hmm. So she says we were both reckless. This flicked her fingertips at her middle doesn't have to become your responsibility. He says, don't be naive, Rosie. Um, and then she says, I'm not naive. I'm from New York. Yeah. And he said, highlighted too. Just <laughs> so dumb. It's like, I'm sure you're very worldly in many ways. He scoffed. But even if we got, even if we got you a pill before the end of today, we would still have to wait out the result. So let's wait. Why unless I like skip, unless I skipped over it, they don't, he, she doesn't take a pill. No, she doesn't. Like, I, bruh. You know, my, if they even said, like, this village is too small to have a pharmacy that would have a, a morning after pill. Yes, it's anything. It's just any reason for them to not do it. Yeah. So dumb. Anyway, so anyway I, they have sex again. Oh, they yeah, because they're, they're super horny. Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, I don't want to risk it this time. It's like, fuck you. Give her the plan B. No, he's not even, he doesn't even say that. He just kind of says, I didn't even, he, he's like, internally, I'm not even going to bring up that you're probably pregnant. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, it's like, now you're being cautious, you dumbass. Yeah. Where was that? Know. The first time when you decided to raw dog this stranger. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? God, even without, like, a pregnancy risk, not a a smart thing to do absolutely not all right so victor pretty much so victor talks to his mom and he's like yo fuck trudy i'm done with trudy and then she's like "Mm, i don't like that you're spending all your time with this american girl like what are people gonna think Mm -hmm. and so huh she hadn't been ready to back down arguing against him entertaining rosalia at his chalet if Trudy isn't right for you, there's a lovely young woman. And then he says, I no longer require your services in finding me a bride. And she says, you're not going to marry this girl. I looked up the family when they contacted me. Her cousin. Yes, I could live with that if she wasn't your cousin. <laughs> but this one, no, they're plebeians. Again with the cousins and also just the fucking use of the word plebeians. Yeah. 
I, I kind of like that for her character, though. Oh, as it's far so as like, I mean, like, for her. as far as her character, like, she's a great character. Mm-hmm. Like, as a person, like, she sucks. She's <laughs> oh, like not a good person, I feel, but she's just she's a very fun character. Like, I'm glad she's in this. Yeah. Like, she was entertaining. Yeah. Um, like, not a, not a nice lady, but she was fun. Yeah. So, after after this, he's, like, he says that he has to, like, go some places in Europe. And he's, like, why don't you stay here? And she's, like, no, I want to I wanna go with you. Right? And, which makes sense to me. And, um, so... They go on this like whirlwind tour of of South and Eastern Europe, and uh, at this one stop, um, we come to my favorite part of the book. Completely unironically, I love this part. They're at a hotel, like an upscale hotel, and she's like finished getting ready for this party, and uh, Victor like gives her this this gift of like a necklace so he hands her like this this box that obviously has jewelry in it and she's like did you buy this here really did you pay a lot for this because you're mostly paying for convenience in a place like this because this this hotel has a jewelry store i guess because i guess upscale hotels maybe yeah rich people people, (laughs) fuck um and uh so she immediately, like, she opens it and she's like, it, it's this, like, diamond necklace. Like, all diamonds. And she's like, uh, he says, like, I thought it would look good on you. And she says, it would look good on a mannequin. It's designed to look good on anyone. And she takes out her, her fucking loop, her little, like, jeweler's monocle, which she just has on her. She even Always. says, like... It's one of the five things she always carries with her, which I just find so charming. And I yeah, I love her, honestly. She's so good. This is the scene where I like I fell in love with Rosie here. Um, Same, exactly. And she she looks at the, the diamonds and she's like, Well, the cut and clarity are are nice, but you still probably wait paid way too much for this. I can I go down there and talk to them? And he's like, are you going to make a scene? And she says, I'm always very nice when I dress someone down. She blinked her lengthened lashes. You barely felt it at all. Um, and she comes out of, her ma- out of the manager's office 20 minutes later, thankful to be wearing a tasteful and truly interesting necklace of amethyst set in platinum. Was Victor annoyed with her, insulted that she had rejected his gift? She couldn't tell. He lifted his head from reading his phone to peruse her new adornment, then met her anxious gaze with a completely inexplicable in passive expression. I agree, he said dry, dryly. Um, was he patronizing her? The manager fell over himself, apologizing to Victor, crediting him with a full refund for the original necklace and not charging for the for the one Rosie wore now. And apparently she she had a long talk with this manager and uh, made like a deal with him where this uh, store is going to start selling Barcy on 5th uh, jewelry, and um, because it's a win-win for them, they get good quality jewelry, and Barcelona Fifth gets some advertising. And she also says that the necklace she's wearing w- was made by like 
a, a young new uh, uh, goldsmith and um, she wants to like to know her essentially and it's just to see Rosie so much in her element oh my god yes like when you said this is when you fell in love with her same I yeah. mean she is business savvy like she is so passionate about what she does and like I know Gisela is too but I feel like we get more of that from Rosalia mm-hmm. and so it was just like really like you said it was very charming to like you know see her you know take you know note of these jewels and I just I love her like this yeah. one, I loved I loved that part this is also one of the few times I feel that she has true agency in this story like she, oh absolutely she spend so much of this book just being blown around. She really does. I mean, she even ended up there, like... Yeah, basically by chance. Like, yeah. Because because Kane wouldn't meet with her in San Francisco. <laughs> she is just, like, straight up vibing and, like, going where the wind takes her. <laughs> yeah. And she's okay with it for, like, most of the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, it, yeah, like you said, like, the... It was nice seeing her in her element and having... Yeah. You know, just, I don't know, just not being batted around exactly. by other people. So, I was so excited to talk about that. I really just, it's, it's such a good scene. So good. So, not to hop around, but I was looking at my notes mm-hmm. and uh, my note here was weird flex, but okay. And so, he's talking about his, his, um, Victor's talking about his great aunt Bella. So Bella is 81 and yes, very spry. She has some living staff, but age hasn't slowed her down. She's as self-sufficient as I am. He dryly referenced the fact he probably had more staff cooking and cleaning for him than his elderly aunt employed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> She's 81, dude. Like, relax. I like him um, comparing himself to his 81-year-old lesbian aunt. <laughs> And then two things uh, that I want to talk about happen right before the amazing jewelry store scene Mm. is, oh my God, I keep trying, I keep wanting to call him Kane. Right. Victor talks about how he, so she, he and Rosalia are talking about marriage and she was like, you know, like I want to marry for love. And he said, oh, like I once thought I would. Um, But then that didn't work out. Mm. So he says, I thought once that I might marry for love. There was a young woman I had feelings for. And then he says, she died in the car crash that killed my brother. That was how I learned they were involved. Her sister told me at the funeral that she preferred me, but the wiser choice was to marry the heir. So she began seeing Kristoff behind my back. Rosalia says he went along with that. How could his brother do that to him? Oh, she thinks. She thinks, how could his brother do that to him? And then Victor says, at my mother's urging. Fucked up. Fucked up. And for him to find out that, for him to lose, like, the woman he loved and his brother in one go, and also find out that his brother betrayed him, and also find out that his mom screwed him over. What a day. I, (laughs) my note here was, in all caps, oof. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, and actually reading it, I, literally out loud was like oh <laughs> like that was just rough dude really what is. a hand he was dealt there i just uh, oh god 
And then the last thing I just like want to like glaze over real quick mm. is um, while she's getting ready, like right before they head down to like the jewelry store, right before he gives her the necklace, it seemed very like not like other girls to me. And I was like, Ugh, like, I hate this. Yeah. You're ready, he said, stunned as much by the fact she was dressed with shoes on as by her finished appearance. He didn't have a particular fetish for women dressed to the nines. Okay, whatever. Oh, wait, again, (laughs) letting us know she's average. He didn't have a particular fetish for women dressed to the nines. Cleavage and heels were always a view he appreciated, but he found the layers of couture gowns and pristine makeup and teased up hairstyles to be a type of look, but don't touch armor, one that always took hours. She says, I come from a family of six with one bathroom. I know how to get myself together in the time allotted. Just seems I, seems very not like other girls. It is. I do kind Which, of like that line, though. <laughs> God, one bathroom for six people? Yeah. Could you I mean, imagine? it's better than Brady Bunch who have nine people and no toilet. Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Let's see. So, yeah, then we get that amazing necklace scene. I have here that there's a parallel to Kane. He says, I'm not used to being so far in the wrong. I've tried to explain how I've been conditioned to believe everyone has an ulterior motive, but I wish I had handled things better that first night. You have a right to be angry at the things I said. I'm sorry. So, honestly, one of the things that kind of bothered me about Victor is all the parallels between him and Kane. Mm-hmm. Because one, I couldn't help but compare the two. And two, it's just like kind of repetitive where it's like, I understand like why you feel this way, but I've heard it already. So it's kind of boring. There are some like, let's let's psychologically dress down Kane Michaels and Victor Rohan here because I feel there is a fundamental difference between the root distrust that Kane built up being a child in the foster system and Victor Rohan, Silver Spoon Boy, being betrayed by his dead brother and girlfriend and mother at, like, 24. Which, you know, was, like, a few years ago. I get that it's maybe kind of fresh still, but also, like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel that you haven't been fundamentally fucked up to your core like Kane Michaels had the potential to be. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just, Kane as a character and like his, I guess I don't want to say motive because he's not like intentionally like being an asshole, but it's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's far more believable. Like he, Kane has more of a reason to like, I don't know, just be the way he is and like even has more potential to like just be, a really bad person and which yeah. is why I liked which which I think is why we liked his story so much it's just because like he could have been awful but he wasn't yeah and I love that yeah and also going back to Danny Collins's notes uh, a version to redeem the billionaire was originally going to be called uh, a version for the billionaire's revenge ooh and I'm I think the the character of Kane Michaels really maybe changed that because like he's he's not that's not what the story is about it is about yeah. Kane Michaels redemption it is a better 50 shades of gray i'm going to say it <gasps> oh my god the Kane Michaels and Christian Gray both grew up in the foster system both, oh i didn't know that yeah 
Oh, let me let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and both like have deeply fucked up trust issues because of it, kind of. <laughs> and eventually learn to just kind of let go and trust someone. Kind of. <laughs> I think this is maybe giving Christian Grey too much credit. But I think so. You know, it's just I was thinking it while reading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But okay. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. So yeah, we we get to that whole like angsty bit. And then I have something that I marked as dreamy. He says, we are remarkable together, Rosie. He stated gravely, coming toward her to banish every possible qualm with the magic of his strong hands cradling her face, gentle and reverential. If you believe nothing else, believe that I will never forget that night as long as I live. With or without anything that has come after, that night will never be inconsequential to me. I should have said it that I should have said that then. I should have. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's like kind of nice. Because like, nice. you know, her, you know, having sex with him was like a big deal. And he didn't, like, respond as he should have. Yeah. So anyway, then they fuck again. Then they this, fuck again. This scene is, is just meme line after meme line. <laughs> like, let me, I, I highlight, like, seven things in this I have, chapter. Uh, like, uh, in, like, the first half of, like, the first page of this chapter, I have highlighted... Yet so, oh, so he is shirtless at this point, yet so gorgeously built of smooth contours and a light texture of hair, two dark nipples standing tight with excitement. God. <laughs> so that was the first thing I highlighted. Now I want to hear your list. <clears throat> <laughs> he bit erotically against the heel of her palm. Uh, he dragged hot, wet kisses along her nape, shooting pleasurable tingles through her whole body that detonated in the tips of her of her breasts. <laughs> she looked down as he hitched up his pants off his hips, barring the jut of his arousal. The primitive huntress that lurked inside her edged past rational thought and civilized behavior to call to her mate. Um... And that was that was the last Mimi one, but I have three other highlights here. One is a is just a gross one, just just an outright <laughs> no from me. Um, they undulated in this state of bliss together, each brought here by the other soulmates. No, no, they are not. I'm sorry. Oh God, even no. If, even if. I still really believed in soulmates, which I don't because I'm not 18 and in love with someone from Omegle anymore. Like, I... <laughs> Do people know what Omegle is? Is that like a dated reference now? Oh no, I don't know. Oh no. Well, anyway, sorry, continue. They anyway. can Google it. <laughs> ASL? <laughs> oh man. Um, even, even if I still believed in that, no. They're not soulmates. I'm sorry. No. They're just not. No. no. Nothing about them. Like, they are not compatible in no. any way. And except, like, sexually, I guess they have, like, good sexual chemistry. But, like, no. And and later on, too, she calls him her soulmate. And I'm like, Ugh. like it's not. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. You're full of shit. Yeah. You're just justifying this to yourself to make your situation feel less shitty. Sorry, girl. Exactly. And the... 
The next thing I have highlighted is that shadow of yearning in her eyes told him that she was looking for a reassurance beyond the physical and emotional connection that did alarm him even without his brother's betrayal. He'd never been one for deep relationships. He simply wasn't built that way. What a catch. <laughs> and then... Uh, Ooh, Victor. <laughs> and the perfect my, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of my favorite lines they try and sneak past you. Her own mouth had been learning new things that wrung, that had wrung groans of ecstasy from him. <laughs> like Giving him a little blue job. <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> Right after that sex scene. So she was like, oh, my God, like, I want to meet your aunt. Yeah. Which, like, I think is weird. Like, you've known him four and a half seconds. Like, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, like, she's also she also at this point, they don't know she's pregnant. So she might be pregnant. So, like, there really is no reason for her to meet his family quite yet. I think I think it's partly a curiosity about the earrings still. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's like he doesn't have to take her to his aunt's house (laughs) but he does and so they she she brings up her like you know why she's there i guess like her relation to their family again she's not related to them yeah (laughs) they're not cousins in case you forgot because we haven't mentioned it in like 10 minutes um and so we learn that her grandmother did not steal the earrings, nor were they given to her by her partner. But it was Bella who gave her the earrings, which At was her mother's request. Yes, which came as a shock to everybody. Big plot twist in our little earring story here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, essentially what happened was she, so her grandmother and Istvan were like super in love and Istvan was part of, I guess, what what is it called? Like he, uh, he it was like the student demonstrations. Yeah, so he was part of that, and so he had a bit of. They were convinced that his rebellious streak was a was a, a side effect of him being with this woman, when really <laughs> it wasn't. But it ends up getting him killed, mm-hmm. and so it's actually uh, the grandmother who goes to their home. And tells them that he's that Istvan is dead. And I think this is when Istvan's dad hits her or like slaps yeah. her or something, which is really fucked up. And he's like, you know, because it's like, who is this girl in here telling me that she's pregnant with my now dead son's child? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so, you know, she leaves, obviously, because she's clearly not wanted there. And it's. So, yeah, it's it's a Bella's mother, Bella and Istvan's mother, who gives Bella the earrings and is like, give these to her. And so she runs after her and gives her the earrings. And she's in like it, they stress a lot that like she and Istvan like really loved each other, mm-hmm. like really loved each other. Can I can I make a little call here? Yeah, I think that Bella had a crush on on the grandmother. <gasps> because she Ooh. it feels like like the perfect age for that where <gasps> the grandmother was like 18 19 and bella was like 12 at the time that feels completely realistic to me she's gay and like 
don't know. There was so much like emotion in, um, in this parting. Um, she said that that like both of them cried a lot, and I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of reasons behind that crying. Your brother's dead, and the only you know, basically your only other true connection to him is now leaving. And I don't know. It seems like a lot, but I that's my headcanon that she had a she had a crush on the on the grandmother as a child. No, I like that. That's canon now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll let Danny Collins know. <laughs> so okay, they also do they have sex at Bella's house or are they at their at his place when they that, have sex? Yeah, that Bella's house. Gee, that is just disrespectful. I have it written down here. Um, <laughs> highlighted, her breathing was changing and she was trying to catch at his mouth with her own. And my note says, aren't your mom and aunt waiting for you for dinner? Because oh, he goes, he, she um, goes to like change or something or wash up for, for dinner and she just doesn't come back for a while. And he goes to get her and she's like, I've been throwing up. And my boobs hurt so much. And he comforts her and then they start fucking. And meanwhile, I'm here like, hey, people are waiting to eat. Your food's getting cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can you can fuck later. Fuck on a Jeez. fuller stomach. Uh, no, no, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta fuck now. <laughs> They're horny, Claudia. <laughs> God. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> also... In this sex scene, <laughs> she used leverage of her feet. In- <laughs> uh, she used the leverage of her feet in his ass. <laughs> to meet his thrusts and, t- and twisted in erotic agony right before his vision went, went red. <laughs> and and <the> <laughs> Minaj, pussy put his ass to sleep. Now they calling me Nyquil. <laughs> uh, oh Lord! Real, real Thursday at midnight energy here. God, it really is. Uh, <laughs> okay, morning sickness, and they're like, it, it, it is morning sickness. It can't be food poisoning because they've been eating the same stuff. Yeah. Um, so she's having a real rough time, like right off the bat. And I marked this down as something like dreamy slash heartwarming slash cute, because, again, none of this is really dreamy. He says, you should eat something if you can. The shields of protectiveness that had been pushing out of him and forming around her over the last week developed a second softer layer. He wanted to full on coddle her. Like, that's cute. Yeah, it's cute. I do like how protective he gets at this point. I liked him during these parts. Yes. Yes. There... Anything that is like it's like more domestic, I think I feel mm-hmm. like I really like I yeah. like him then. 
I liked them traveling around and getting to know each other a little bit and like just I don't know, just kind of enjoying time together. Yeah. Yeah, this is like when cuz like I don't like him overall, but this is the point where I like liked him a little more. Yeah. <laughs> than before. Still the bar is so low, but he does oh, so he does low. manage to barely clear it sometimes. Yeah. A little bit. Um so yeah, at this point they're even they're talking about like marriage and stuff because now she's obviously pre- oh she actually gets um she goes to see a doctor and so it's confirmed that she's pregnant. And so they're talking about marriage at this point and like planning a wedding. And he's like, I know planning a big wedding is a lot of work and like you're not feeling well. He's like, let me take on some of those tasks, which I was like, oh, like, that's really nice. <laughs> and he's even like, if it's up to me, if if it's up to me, we're going to be married in a courthouse. So let oh, me yeah. know if you want something different. Oh, yeah. And he, pretty much like the only reason they would have like a wedding wedding is because he knows he she would want her family there. Yeah. Okay. And then we cut to fucking Benny. Benny. Fucking Benny. Fucking shit up. (laughs) So this is now the whole like mining fraud scandal is released to the public. And And, oh, should we we go over the mining scandal again? Okay, hang on. (laughs) Let me get out the fucking conspiracy board. So Benny has his own company that's sort of associated at an arm's length with Barsi's on fit. It's called Barsi Minerals or something like that. Yeah. And um, he got involved with Kane Michaels and some other investors who were interested in like buying this mine because they had because Benny gave them data that said that there was definitely stuff in this mine. And um, so they they invest in it, they buy the mine, and it turns out there's nothing there. And um, because Barcy's on Fifth has such a great reputation, they assume that Kane Michaels fucked them over. When really, Benny fucked them over, but we're kind of unclear still. Maybe in Benny's book they say it. I, I kind of assume it's Benny who, who maybe, maybe accidentally, maybe purposely fucked them over. But... Um, it, it was Benny's fault. And so uh, the entire Barcy family is going down as a result of it. Like, oh, Barcy's yeah, there's just... fifth mm-hmm. has to, like, close its doors for a while while they're investigating, like, heavy investigation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, everyone's fucking broke right now in the Barcy family. <sighs> not a, a good time. Yeah, not a good time. Bad times at Richmond High. <laughs> So news of this makes its way over to Hungary and to the ears and eyes of Rosalia and Victor. And Victor's fucking not having it. He is not happy. He is like, oh, my God, like you guys are full of shit. Like what? You played Kane Michaels. You're going to play me next. Yep. His expression was so forbidding and cold. Her heart clutched in her chest. Gone was the doting husband to be. This was the starkly aloof, dismissive man she had met that first night. And I wrote down here, um, this hits way worse for me than Kane solemnly packing Gisela's things. The rage is too much for me. He fucking flies off the handle at her. He really does. It's honestly like 
kind of scary. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. We're yeah. Oh my yeah, this was this definitely hit harder than Kane's reaction to the whole situation. Mm-hmm. It yeah, I mean like here's this like it, just like the switch. You know, because yeah. I mean, like Kane's reaction was like more passive aggressive. So it's like, OK, whatever. But for him to literally one second be like, oh, my God, like I can help plan this wedding. Blah, 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 blah. And then like the next day to just taking all that back, going back mm-hmm. to being total strangers and him being like, I fucking knew it. Like this was your plan the whole time. It makes everything before feel fake. Yeah. And it just this this one it hurt a little bit, yeah. And so, um, and then he says he's like, "Don't even bother asking me for money. Like, I'm not gonna bail your family out." And we skip forward a little bit, and so he's like offering to pay for shit, and she's like, "I don't want anything from you." And then. So so this is when she t- lets him know that Gisela is engaged to Kane Michaels and he bailed out the shop. And then uh, and then like th- this part I have highlighted because it's just I I have my note is tell him girl but also <laughs> like ouch like this one was like particularly painful this one stung. See Gisela has secured us a mark. We no longer need you. The bitter sarcasm in her tone abraded like diamond grit. My cousin has cold-bloodedly seduced a different billionaire into saving the family so we won't lose Grandma Ma's lifetime of work. This pregnancy trap of mine was completely unnecessary. Like, damn, yeah. girl. And also, that, at, you first. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that's exactly what he has been accusing her of. It's yeah. like, so fucked. When you put it that way, it, oh, man. It really puts Seriously. into perspective, like, what he is saying and not saying. Like, what he's saying and what he means, you know? But, like, also, like, keep in mind, throughout this whole thing, this whole section where he is, like, fucking ghosting her in the same house for, like, a couple of weeks. Oh, she my God, also, yeah. Like, she is fucking dying. Like, she she is so, like, morning sick constantly that she cannot eat. And what she eats, like, comes right back up. And like it says that she's losing weight, which like during a pregnancy, like a horrifying amount of weight, it sounds like, because she did not seem to weigh that much to begin with. And like, I I think he said something about her looking kind of like bony. And it's like, no, you need to like, like feelings and shit. I'm fucking I'm so fucking flustered about this. Like, all of your feelings about, like, her her family or whatever, or whatever, if this was a trap, like, you, you have made a commitment about this baby, and this is, this is a father responsibility, you know? Like, this is, you have to help. If you are involved, this is what you do, you know? Like, it's literally the least that you can do. Absolutely. Eventually he calls a doctor because he like it clicks for him just how fucked up she's she's looking right now. And it (sighs) Oh, and then like just you know, piggybacking off of that, so he finally calls a doctor and she's prescribed these anti-nausea pills that like 
leave her like catatonic essentially yeah. like she passes out and only has like four hours per day where she's like responsive yeah like it, they're fucking her up that much so like she's having a really rough time and he's being a fucking asshole yeah and under the same roof yeah and i i i'm going to give him the biggest the biggest benefit of the doubt Oh. ever in the history oh. and still the smallest because later on um he you know he says that he never sees her like even even if he wanted to i guess because um it's not like she's coming out for meals and when she's not throwing up she's asleep basically and I I get feeling like lonely, but you caused this in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck, I mean like fuck Victor. In addition to like her physical ailments, I guess, like mentally too. Because yeah. again, she's giving up her entire life for this child with a man who is very clear that he does not want anything to do with her aside from like whatever it takes to take care of this child. And even then he's not doing his job right now. Let's I'm going to pose a very, a very, a question I don't want to ask in a romance novel. Is Rosalia being abused? That, oh my God, I, I didn't want to say it, but I, th- this is definitely some kind of like emotional, mental abuse. Yeah, like it's if any of our friends, like our our friend who had a baby last year, if she said, you know, my husband is is doing this to me, and I'm like physically is like has basically abandoned me in our own home. I'm so ill all the time. And for the record, would not happen in that relationship. Oh, no. <laughs> Very strong. Um, <laughs> but if, if, if our friend had said that to us, I would be like, you need to leave now. Like, Absolutely. You are staying with me. <laughs> like, there is no good reason for her to stay. Mm-mm. No reason at all. And I mean, to her credit, she does leave, but with the full intent on coming back. Because she leaves for, um, she shows up at his office one day, like during a meeting, and, um, is like, she, she has her bags packed and with her. And she's like, I am going back to America. And... I, because I need to be at Gisela's engagement party. I need to see my family. I need to be away from here for a little while. What I need you to do is trust that I will come back. And she's like, and once I come back, I'm going to be living in my own apartment and I'm going to have a job and... I she she basically says I'm going to be independent from you, but I am coming back and I am still going to be here. 
And it's like, ooh, um, maybe stay with your family. Yeah, I mean, like, one of the things she says is that she's like, I need to be around people who love me. Yeah. Which, like, oh, holy shit. Fucking hurt. I, uh, oh, um, uh, ooh. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just. I mean, like during this during this part where she's she's just feeling completely abandoned by him, there is this quote: "Rosie would have given anything to spill out all her worries to Victor, but she was so afraid that he would think she was playing for his sympathy. She could only isolate herself and suffer in silence. Leave, leave, and then, like, ugh. So, right before she like heads out, this is or this is after they um." Okay, no, this is after they talk about, like, what, in what capacity, like, they would be taking care of the child, like, how involved, you know, Victor would be and everything. So she says, so he says, you've been sick. And she says, I'm not talking about physically. I'm saying you don't want me. You wouldn't have leaped to all those suspicions so quickly every time if you had any regard for me. You don't want to believe in me. You don't want to risk getting hurt, so you hold back, but you expect me to tie myself to a lifetime of being hurt by your accusations. I won't. I want to marry for love, and you won't give me that. Yeah. And then he's, he responds with, love is a lie. <sighs> Fuck. 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 Fuck you. Victor. Fuck Victor. Honestly, like, what a perfect metaphor Danny Collins has accidentally crafted here. Because this, this baby, this physical tie to Victor is killing her. But she yeah. refuses to sever it. She needs a it's not even a late term abortion. This is like this like just said the first trimester really. Yeah. It might even be in the first trimester. But um <clears throat> like she needs she needs an abortion as badly as she needs to get away from Victor. He's toxic. He's talk. I was going to actually, I was highlighting certain things and I was like, oh, like, let me highlight things that are toxic instead of, you know, flagrant displays of wealth. There were too many to fucking count. So I didn't yeah. even bother the whole, his whole, every time he's in the book, it's fucking toxic. The amount of times I wrote, yikes. Yeah. So like, I didn't read the full sentence, but now I want to get back into it now that I'm reading it over. But he responds with, love is a lie. I refuse to lie to you. Be thankful you can trust me. Fuck you. Fuck you, after Victor. All this, and then after she, all this, he's still accusing her. Seriously. And then she says, love is real. I've experienced it. Uh, let's see. But I'm starting to question whether I deserve to be loved. That's why I have to go home. I need to be with people who do love me just for a little while before I can face you again. Bruh. Please take care of yourself. Yeah. And so then we like cut to Victor's like point of view in the next chapter. And now he's having like a bit of a pity party. And like, I don't feel bad for him. He's a fucking asshole. Mm hmm. And so one of, something I have highlighted here is, you know, so he's thinking about how she said, I'm starting to question whether I deserve to be loved. And it says that hurt most of all. It hurt in a way he couldn't describe or endure. 
It was a psychic sort of pain penetrating into the very depths of his being, because even as he denied the existence of love, he believed that if anyone deserved to be loved, it was Rosie. She was the embodiment of what he had once understood what that emotion to be. Generous and kind, empathetic and innately beautiful, abstract and impossible to fully describe, yet stalwart and strong, reliant and joyously uplifting. She was capable of pressing laughter into his dry throat with a glance, and he winced as something wrenched open inside his chest, forcing him to confront the gaping hole left by her absence. She was necessary to him. He needed her desperately. Which, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I think... Oh, I drew, like, the grimace emoji (laughs) next to that. But, yeah, I mean, it's like... Because, honestly, like, he's right. If anyone deserves love, it's Rosie. She's great. Rosie's amazing. And he's, like, understand... Like, uh, at this point, though, it's like... I don't see any sign of him understanding, like how bad of a thing he did yeah he's most i feel at this point he's feeling mostly sorry for himself because he's like oh i need her in my life like he doesn't feel bad about what he did to her he feels bad about how it's making him feel you should not need your partner like you should want your partner and this is this is tangential Victor, is Victor an alcoholic? I don't think or so. At least I don't think getting he... there. There are several times where he mentions drinking to get away from his problems. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. You are right. I have I have one thing highlighted here. She, uh, <clears throat> Rosalia says, "You can drink; it doesn't bother me." And he says, "No, it's just a distraction from a situation I find uncomfortable." And in this scene in his office, he has, he has like bourbon in his office, first of all, or brandy or whatever. Rich I think it was are. brandy. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, if it was American, Liquid he would gold. be drinking bourbon. Um, <laughs> and th- he, he drinks like five glasses of brandy in a very short amount of time, like immediately after something bad happens. And it's like, if he is not already an alcoholic, he is well on the road. And it's like, in that, on top of him already being like, honestly, I'm going to say he's, he is abusive towards her. Yeah. Like, we just need to say it. That's, yeah. that's what's happening. And so, on, and then being, yeah, like a borderline alcoholic on top of that, man's is not in a place to have any kind of relationship with anybody, he should not be having a kid. Nope. Nope. Okay, so back to the story. So Rosie is now back in New York and for uh, for Gisela's engagement party. And so she goes to see her grandmother, not to have like a proper visit, but just kind of just like swing by and say hi. Mm-hmm. And let's see here. So Victor ends up showing up and her grandmother's like, <gasps> like shocked. And she and then Rosalia's like, oh, it's not a ghost. This is Victor. But I guess he looks so much like his great grandfather. Great, great, no, great uncle. uncle. OK, because he's the same oh, yes, generation yeah, as Aunt Bella. Yes. OK, his great uncle that it like took 
uh, the grandmother by surprise. Mm-hmm. And so while they're there, Rosalia, well, first of all, Rosalia is just like, why are you here? Like by she said, you will let me go if and like if you trust me, like you'll let me go alone. I will come back. And so by him showing yeah. up, she's like, you don't trust me. And he's like, no, I came out here to tell you I trust you. Fucking idiot. Fucking hate him. And like, sucks. They try so hard to redeem him in these last two chapters. So hard. So hard. I highlight one thing. His first thought when he had realized she could be pregnant had been to lock her into his life, so she can, so she could give his child what he had, what had been denied him, love. He hadn't consciously put that together, but he wanted to her to express that emotion to his child, and teach him how to express it. Never mind, I read that wrong the first time. That's a big yikes. <laughs> big it, yikes. He fully admits here that he he wants a mommy that he can fuck. As a it's, lot of men do. Ugh. Oh my god, tell me about it. Yeah, I like, at, the, at this point, he's he's beyond redemption. Yes. You know, like, in this book, you know, maybe if this was, like, a fucking, like, whole-ass series just focused on him, like, all right, maybe. But, like, no, we have, at this point, where I am right now, we have about 12 pages of story left. Yeah. That's not enough. To redeem him after being so fucking shitty towards her. Yeah. Awful. Straight up awful. Can we get a, a palate cleanser here real quick? So um, the K. Michael appreciators have logged back on. Um, this is my final dreamy highlight, and it is the K. Michael's highlight. Um, when she came back, Victor was in discussion, discussion with Gisela. It didn't surprise her. Men were always drawn to her more sophisticated cousin, but it stung worse than usual. First of all, her cousin, too. Um, oh my uh, god, I think I have that how, marked, too. <laughs> how did you make out with the earring? Kane asked, intercepting her. Hmm? She dragged her gaze off the pair. Oh, like I said to Jizzy, I didn't think there... I didn't think here's the place to compare notes. I don't want to upset Grandma. Kane's mouth twitched. He tugged his earlobe again. I'm using your code. I want a private conversation to ask you something. Oh, she blinked, then chuckled. You must be very special if Jizzy has shared that with you. And it's like, yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He is. He is worth. No, he's he's worth that fucking Victor. Ugh. Victor needs to get the hell out of here. But yeah, right? I think, it, let's see, there's one point that I can't seem to find right now that Victor is talking to Gisela and Rose. Oh, yeah, okay, this is exactly where it is. And Rosalia is just like, oh, like, of course, because men always flock to her. That's his fucking cousin. <laughs> Relax, girl. If it's that much of a concern to you, you should even more of a reason not be having this man's child. Yeah. Get out. He even he does call her out on that. He's she accuses her of like of him him of flirting with Gisela, and he's like, "You're accusing me of flirting with my own cousin." Like, can you can you get a grip for two seconds? Like, relax, Which, lady. You know, broken clock is twice is right twice a day. It's twice right a day. <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay, skip ahead. You know, Victor gets to meet the family, and this is you know. The part of the family that he's like never met 
And he was like, oh, yeah, no DNA test necessary. Like his aunt is exactly like his mother. (laughs) So that was like fun for them or whatever. So in addition to her being like kind of jealous of Gisela talking to Victor, Victor was kind of jealous because Rosalia was talking to Kane. And then she's also like, that is my cousin's fiance. Like, relax. Uh, but it turns out that she was asking, I'm sorry, that um, Kane was asking Rosalia to make Giselle's wit ring. So her wedding ring, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, she probably has an engagement ring already at this point. Yeah, wedding rings. Yeah. And so, and uh, God, I keep forgetting his name. Fucking Victor was asking Gisela the same thing to make their wedding rings. So it's yeah. like, oh my god, like, ha ha ha, look at this little mix-up we had. It's so stupid. <laughs> but like, but it's just, it, it fucking it frustrates is, it is me. Stupid. It frustrates me because it's so close to the end, and th- here they are still being so immature, where it's just like, oh, they're they're being they're they're being jealous for what? For talking to somebody of the opposite sex? Like just because they're an attractive person doesn't mean that like I'm ready to fucking run away with them. The fuck? I just think it's so stupid. I don't even remember, like, what the turning point is in this, like, really, what is the final conversation in in this conflict, you know? Like, it's it's such a mundane resolution when you needed more for this. For this. She's like, she's basically like, I need you to trust me. And like, I need you to, I need you to love me. He looked down at her touch, smiling faintly. I'm going to say first to prove I really do trust you. He closed his hands over hers, so they were clinging tightly to each other. He looked into her eyes. I love you, Rosie. I love you and I want you to love me back. I love you and I want you to love me back. I think you did for a short while, but I fear I've killed it. I keep thinking if I can only keep you with me long enough, I hope... She launched herself into him. Ah, Rosie, he gathered her in his arm. He gathered her in and they held one another in crushing arms, her damp cheek against his rougher one. It was pain and relief, a wrench as the final shields fell away from him, and fell away between them, but healing as they pressed into one another. Loving hurts, she told him, wincing and shifting so her breasts weren't totally mashed. It does. He settled her sideways on his lap, touching one chaste kiss to her mouth before tilting his forehead against her brow. You humble me. (sighs) Boo. 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 And then shortly after that, like just a couple paragraphs after, I wasn't looking for an earring, she realized with awe. I was searching for my soulmate. You found him. He's never letting you go again. Spongebob sound clip. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. (laughs) It's so fucking, it's just shoehorned in there. Like, it It really is. It's so bad. But anyway, now now everything's great. So, like, weeks and weeks of abuse just kind of, like, out the window. Don't worry about it, dude. He's like... (laughs) 
he's like, you know, no, he's emotionally repaired now, and he's gonna be a dad, and he's gonna get married, and it's gonna be so great, and like we love a happy ending. Just like ignore every terrible thing he's done in the last like 150 pages. Just ignore it. It's fine. Honestly, it's the only way you can uh, enjoy the epilogue. Yes. Epilogue Victor is a completely uh, different character. And I know it's like over a year later. It's like a couple mm-hmm. of years later. And maybe this man has gone to therapy. He hasn't, but maybe. And I don't know. So they're talking about like the earrings and everything. Uh, and how now Victor's. Uh, sorry, his his aunt and his mother are now coming over to like meet that side of the family, which is like, oh, fun. Yeah. Let's see. So Gisela says, oh, Grandmama will like that. Your story is so amazing, don't you think? Esti's granddaughter is marrying Istvan's great nephew. It's almost as if a higher power had a hand in bringing you two together. Victor doesn't believe in fate, Rosie said, reaching for his hand to squeeze, silently telling him she was okay with his skeptical side, but she had changed him. I didn't believe in fate, he corrected, lifting her hand to his lips, adding truthfully, I do now. And that's how their story ends. <laughs> oh, I'm so cute. I love it. I love Too that for, for her. Love it. Okay, so now the epilogue. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, now the so epilogue. The epilogue is nice. Um, yeah. So the epilogue is a couple of years later to the point where their daughter is like walking and talking. So she's gotta be at least at least one and a half to two. Right? I think she says she's two. Oh no, I don't think it says. I just assumed I think that she's two. Well yeah, she's talking I, now, so yeah, like two. I think two is a very safe assumption to make. Yeah. And um they go and uh Victor like pulls pulls the daughter out of the car, the daughter Esther. Um and they go and visit uh, they go and visit Rosalia at her shop, Barcy in Budapest, which I, I really love how they, they really got the bees in all of the branches. Love uh, it. Barcy, Barcy on the bay and then Barcy in Budapest. <laughs> he really just like loves this girl so much and he loves his wife so much and they're just crazy about each other and um... Uh, there's a cute moment where, um, even though the shop closes in, like, 15 minutes, they're more than willing to let, uh, Esther walk around and look at the jewelry as long as she looks and does not touch, even though it will mean, like, having to wipe down fingerprints from the case again. Yeah, she um, says, look, Esther asked, pointing, yes, you can look, just look, no touch, Rosie warned. Yeah. Because like apparently one day she uh, turned her back for two seconds and Esther had a tennis bracelet in her mouth. Um, and Kane is... Uh, fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> Victor is like, um, you know, when when uh, when did you make your first uh, jewelry? Um, and she's like, I don't know. Uh, Rosalie is like, I don't know, like 14 or something. And... He's like, well, I look forward to wearing her first piece very proudly in in like twelve or something years, and it was like two the final the final bit of this book. Esther made her first painted macaroni necklace two years later. Her father proudly wore it into his office the next day. That's the end of the book. And what a cute I, little thing. 
that was so fucking cute. I'm like, he doesn't yes. deserve that. He does that not. cuteness. It's but it, it, oh, I honestly I read that and I was like, oh, like this is so nice. This is yeah. that was the best part of the book. It only make it almost makes you forget the rest of the book. I know, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. But yeah, no, that was definitely the best part. It was so fucking cute. It's yeah. I loved it. I loved that. The rest of the book. It's a whole other other situation. So Nicole, now that it's been uh, over two Holy hours, shit! And uh, we've reached our happily ever after. Uh, how about how about we rank this on its steaminess, dreaminess, and meminess? Okay, uh, I'm just gonna start. I I know we usually start. We're gonna start with steaminess, but I want to hop to dreaminess zero. I will give the most generous one in the <laughs> world. <laughs> It just, I mean, we talked about it. He's abusive. He's so like, bad. I i thought like all week, because I finished this book on like Monday mm-hmm. and we're recording on Thursday. I, I was thinking all week, like, what will I give this book in terms of rankings? Because I knew it was going to be low, like across the board, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking uh, maybe like one and a half or two. Then we got to talking about how abusive he is, and it's like, a one is generous. Yep. Give him a solid point five. He doesn't even deserve that one. Just, yeah. ugh, not, not dreamy. And again, even the parts that we marked as dreamy, like, there were some cute, heartwarming parts, but, like, we were, we were reaching, yeah. and... You, and then again, it's just like, all of that is just wiped away by how awful he was. Yeah. He gets the one from me because of the epilogue. Epilogue. Uh, epilogue, epilogue. Uh, Victor gets like a four. E- epilogue, oh, epilogue Victor. That's the, that's the good shit. That's the Wish good shit. Wish we had that guy. Mm, yep. <laughs> it's a different man, I'm convinced. <laughs> she's, she's swapped him for a body double. <laughs> Just like Paul McCartney. Okay, so back to steaminess. Yeah, steaminess. Nicole. Ugh, what did I rank fucking a virgin to redeem the billionaire i think like i gave it like three and a half oh i think it was a 3.7 for steaminess something like that yeah. no, i no. will give it might i think it was a four it was above a four. Oh, yeah it was like a four, four, four point two or four or yeah. 4.2 okay i will give this uh okay if i'm ju- just focusing on the sexy bits yes i'll give it like a 2.1. Yeah, I'm giving it a very generous 2. Yeah, like, just... <laughs> I, I, the, all the sex scenes felt like very undetailed for like the amount of the amount of like really like sexy detail there was in Virgin to Redeem a Billionaire. Mm-hmm. This just, it felt very bare boners. I mean, like, you mentioned this earlier before where it's just, like, this, this story is about the pregnancy. Yeah. So the sex, I feel, like, it was just thrown in there as, like, kind of a plot point where it's just like, oh, yeah, like, they obviously had sex. Like, that's how she got knocked up. Yeah. You know, so it's like it was, like, kind of, it almost felt like an afterthought where it's like, oh, just yeah. gotta make sure to add it in just to, you know, check off, check uh, check that off my romance book checklist, you know? Yeah. Um, But, like, it's Danny Collins is really good at writing kisses. 
She is. So that that is like where I think the bulk of the um, steaminess comes from. Now, meaniness. This was the toughest call for me (laughs) because it's like, to me, the meaniness rating is like, should you read this book because it's funny? And like unintentionally funny. Or I guess how much unintentional humor is in it? Two and a half. I think there were some very funny lines. That <laughs> that fucking thing about his heart exploding. I mean, it killed both of us right here. Um, and there, all the all the weird like caveman stuff is funny. And just some of the all the, the nipple play too. It's also funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's there's a lot of funny stuff, but it's not like I don't know. It's not enough that I would be like, this book is funny un- unintentionally. It's like it has a couple of parts that are that are weird, and that's it. That's that's your two point five from me. Yeah, like the meme parts were exceptionally meme yeah. but it is like super outweighed by everything else going on. Yeah. Um so I think your was it was a 2.5? Yeah. I think I was a bit generous. I'll I'll give it a I'll give that a solid 2. Honestly, just, I'm being so generous to this book. <laughs> I just cuz like, like this is the my ranking is just literally just carried by those very specific parts as a whole the book is not mimi but those little parts fucking hilarious great 10 out of 10 (laughs) but as a whole uh uh-uh like i would not in any universe call this a fun or funny book at all no it's not that's it this book isn't fun no yeah it's just like sad it really is it's it's a depressing read like, it really is. Uh, that that little like bit of joy in the middle where Rosalia gets to be her own person and like dress down a manager about his his shitty like oh. his shitty selling of the jewelry. Best right. part. It it like added that kept me going for the rest of the book. Honestly, that I pretty I'm pretty sure is like smack dab in the middle of the book. Yeah. So like thank you. I needed that. Otherwise I would have been just like suffering even more throughout the second half but yeah i that scene was just i feel like objectively very good but then also and then when you look at it compared to the rest of the book just like exceptional like even better than it's 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 so good and it's so fun that you really see it like it, it just gives you more perspective into how awful the rest of the book is yeah i feel like this this moment is so equivalent to like the moment where Giselle is like geeking out about the earring in front of Kane for like hours. Yeah. Except Victor has no part in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Victor was the worst. Rosalia yeah. deserves better. Oh, so let's do this. Yeah, Victor. Smash or pass. It's gonna be pass for me. Uh, it's gonna be a smash with a fucking hammer for me, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise pass. Rosalia, smash. Hard smash. Smash, but also I would kind of feel weird about it because I'm just like, do you 
do you really want this? I feel like you don't really know what you want ever. I'm concerned for you. Listen, I think Giselle needs a woman. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but anyway, what a, <laughs> what a read. Aside. Yeah, what a read. What now, a read. Okay, so here's the question I was asking like towards the middle of this of this very long podcast. Oh my god, um, I didn't think we'd have to talk so much or have so much to talk about. I didn't think so either. I I like at the beginning of this, like in the first few chapters, I was like, we're just reading quotes because we've got nothing to say. And then we got it, really. angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would Kane Michaels be better with Rosalia? Okay. So my immediate thought is yes, but I, I think that is because he is my favorite male character and she's my yeah. favorite female character. So that's immediately why I'm like, oh my God, like, yes, I would love to see that just because I want to see more of them. Yeah. But okay, assuming, you know, Victor wasn't Gisela's cousin. Yeah. I almost feel like they're too much alike for it to work. Yeah. I was going to say they both have very strong personalities, but not in the way that Gisela and Kane have very strong personalities that mesh really well together and complement each other. I feel like Gisela and Victor, assuming they weren't cousins, would just <laughs> would not have had sex at all. They would butt heads constantly, I'm yeah. convinced. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I, very strong personalities. And I kind of think for a similar reason, I don't think that Kane and Rosalia would work out. I think that Rosalia has too weak of a personality for I him. was just about to say that. Yeah. Ros- Rosalia, I love her. She's a pushover. Yep. Oh, it's it's unfortunate how much of a pushover she is. And honestly, I think the real thing that starts whipping Kane into shape is that Gisela doesn't take shit. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, not, not at all. She suffer fools. No, and oh god, just that relationship is just so much healthier. Yeah. And fucking Victor and Rosalia. I feel bad for her. She's a victim. She is. Girl is trapped. Anyway. Fuck. But Anyway, this book sucks. Read <laughs> to redeem the billionaire. Great and not book. this one. And yeah. then read the Benny one and tell us about it because I don't think we're gonna. Read it. <laughs> I might read that in my own time and do a little book report. Oh my god! Here's, here's my like ten May book report on what what the fuck is it called? It's in our Discord. You, you can you can make a TikTok about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's something. Oh, innocence, pregnancy, revelation. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Too much. All right. So, any any final words? Fuck Victor. Fuck Victor. <laughs> and that's it for this week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to do this with you, with you, Nicole. Oh, always a pleasure. And it was fun to get angry with you. It was yes. Fuck Victor. <laughs> fuck Victor, man. All right. We'll see y'all next episode. See you then. Bye. Bye.